Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, thanks for listening to this inaugural podcast, and we hope that this really serves the women in our church as we draw out different ladies on a variety of topics over this next year, and I'm really excited about all the things we've planned to discuss and hope that they encourage you. The first and primary goal of the podcast is to encourage you in your relationship with God, and we hope that you're strengthened in His Word and the Gospel as you listen. Our second goal is to encourage relationships among the women in our church, particularly those mentoring relationships that we read about in Titus 2. We hope that our conversations inspire you to draw out the godly older women in your life so you can learn from them. And we hope that older women are emboldened to speak truth and grace into the lives of younger women. We certainly do not want this to replace face-to-face mentoring, but to inspire it. So that's our heart. And to that end, today we will be discussing daily communion with the Lord and His Word and prayer. And if you're like me, when you're thinking about this new year, it's something you want to grow in. So I'm going to draw out three women on what this looks like for them in the hope that we will all be encouraged in our pursuit of the Lord this year. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. And can you all introduce yourselves, give us a little information about you, and then also share, because it's freezing out right now, what your favorite wintry beverage is. So April, will you go first? Sure. My name is April Phillips, and um, my favorite wintry beverage is hot tea, specifically black tea. Um, And I am single and currently working as an RN in... um, a local hospital, Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center, and then in a couple weeks I'll actually be transferring back to Park West, and I'll be starting work there. Great. Sherry? I'm Sherry Kittrell, and I have four grown children, all married, and six grandchildren, and um, I enjoy them very much and try and give myself to them as much as I can, and then um, I enjoy Earl Grey tea. And my name's Lillian Prince, and I have been married for 14 years this past December, and I have four children. The oldest is 11, and then down to three-year-old being the youngest. Um, And I stay at home, and I do some photography as well, and then work for my husband's business a little, Um, so doing a little bit of both. And my favorite beverage now, I used to be coffee, but I've started drinking tea now, so I'm drinking a lot of herbal tea. So, um. All right, all these tea drinkers. Um, one thing that we're going to hope to do uh, in the podcast is to have someone share their testimony so that we can get to know them better and rejoice in God saving them. So I've asked April to do that, so go ahead. Okay. Um, I grew up in Mansfield, Ohio, and I was the second of five children. Um, I was saved at the age of 11 uh, one night after my dad finished reading a chapter in the biography of Susanna Wesley's life. Um, She was the mother of Charles Wesley and John Wesley, um, starters of the Methodist Church and missionaries together to a colony in Britain in the 1700s. Um, Charles also wrote over 6,000 hymns, Um, but Susanna is my hero. She was the um, mother of 19 children and only 10 of them survived childbirth. She was married to a man that mismanaged money and left her long periods of time alone to raise the children, two of whom had disabilities. 
Um, Susanna herself was actually very sick most of her life. But Susanna was a woman who loved God, and her story is what God used to draw me to himself. Um, this is what Sharon Glasgow writes about Susanna. And in it, you may be encouraged in your pursuit of God and his word and, and prayer in the coming year. Um, this is what she writes. She says, um, when Susanna was young, she promised the Lord that for every hour she spent in entertainment, she would give to him in prayer and the word. Taking care of the house and raising so many kids made this commitment nearly impossible to fulfill. She had no time for entertainment or long hours of prayer. She worked the gardens, milked the cows, schooled the children, and managed the entire house herself. So she decided instead to give the Lord two hours a day in prayer. She struggled to find a secret place to get away with him. So she had advised her children that when they saw her with her apron over her head, that that meant she was in prayer and couldn't be disturbed. She was devoted to her walk with Christ, praying for her children and knowledge in the word, no matter how hard life was. One of her daughters got pregnant out of wedlock, and the man never married her. She was devastated, but remained steadfast in prayer for her daughter. In the end, she knew that one day her hard life would be over, and she alone would stand before the throne of God and give an account of how she lived her life. And then she says, we can be the best mom, wife, friend, person in the world, and still have untold hardships. We need to take Suzanne's example, flip our apron over our head, and pray in the, in the middle of it all. So just through that testimony of her life of prayer and love for God and his word, um, I was just pricked to see my own need for God. And that night I just went in secret down to our little music room and I just asked God to save me, but I wanted to be his and to follow him. So, Thanks. I love that that ties into our story. That was not planned um, that I didn't know that this would tie perfectly into our discussion of devotions, but... That's very encouraging, so thanks so much for sharing that. Okay, let's dive right into our topic. So the first question is, what encourages you to pursue God daily in his word and prayer? This is something that obviously takes time and discipline, so are there any thoughts or verses that motivate you to take time out of a busy day to devote yourself to this practice? So Lillian, will you go first? Sure. Um, My first thought um, with that question is that there for me um, there's just a lot of joy found in drawing near to the Lord um, and and the longer I live I just see how sin just clings so tightly to me and I just want to continue to cast it off and cast it off and you know legalism is something that I've always struggled with so in the past legalistically I would draw near to God because I thought I must or or this you know but so now the more I draw near to the Lord I see what a good God he is and his character and so that causes me to draw near to him and then also along with just my sin I just I wake up it's like I have amnesia I forget who God is sometimes I forget how to love my family I forget how to work hard and I'm anxious, whatever. So it's like I have this fog because of my sin. I have this fog and I just cannot see clearly. I know God's truth. I just can't see clearly. So when I draw near to God, it's like that fog can be dispelled for, you know, the day or for the hour or whatever. And so I draw near to the Lord because I just need him. I can't even see past my own nose sometimes. I just like need you, Lord, to just speak to me. And, um, 
bring truth to my heart. And so it just, it's almost like daily realigning me like a chiropractor you go to a chiropractor. And so I just cling to his word because I just need that. That's good. Sherry? Um, I just, I delight in the Lord because I have to, because a lot of times if I'm just trying to delight myself in things around me or my circumstances, it's just not gonna happen. So I have to, like she would, like Lillian would say, realign myself, but there's just a delighting in God that you find out of your need for God. And so I've been, I just wake up very aware of my need for God and he's done that over a course of, you know, 40 years. So it doesn't start out like you're, oh, my need, it's right there before me. But um, the more um, I see his sufficiency and the less of my own sufficiency and the lack of my own sufficiency and competency and I see his greatness, I'm drawn to him and he's just sustained me over you know many years so his sustaining grace his gracious love for me just every morning just delighting in him his mercies are new every morning and so that draws you draws me to him that's great I love the testimony of 40 years that's really encouraging Um, April what would you say I think just remembering that whose we are you know what that we we belong to this God and he is our father and so um a passage that I thought um communicated that was from first Peter 2 9 to 10 it says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So in light of that, you know, that's we get to know this God, and we have received his mercy, but we get to know him. Um, and so that's just a powerful thing to me, and just remember that as I belong to him, you know, I get to know this God, and, and through his word and by the power of his spirit, through prayer, you know, to get to know him. So, well, one more thought I was going to add, just this verse from Hebrews 4.12, for the, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So when I come to, to the Lord, I know his word is alive, it's active. And so if I come, I can be assured that God is going to do something, whether it be a small, slow trickle over time, or an immediate, you know, so I know, I'm confident God's Word is living, and it's active, it's present, and so I have confidence when I come near to Him. That's great. Um, So what are you reading and studying for your devotions right now? Um, I have always tried to start Bible reading plans and failed miserably every time. I've always started and I stop in Leviticus. It always stops me in Leviticus. I never get past it. Um, So I've just been recently just, the Lord's just been kind of speaking to me because I love, love reading books, like really good, biblically rich books or biographies. And I've just seen the past year that I just tend to love them more than maybe just sitting and reading the Word. And so I think the Lord's just kind of talking to me about that. So I just 
through reading things and praying, I just thought, I'm going to try to do this. And it's not about succeeding and getting to the end and finishing to Revelation, but just that my um, thought with it is I just want to put God's word in my heart. You know, just keep continue to pour it in my heart. So I'm doing a Bible reading plan, and it starts me in Genesis along with so reading through the old from the Old Testament, and then along with it reading the wisdom books. I'm doing Genesis and Psalms right now, and then I've got um, uh, a little uh, Genesis book to help me. It's by Nancy Guthrie. It's um, seeing Jesus um, in Genesis, which we did in our legacy groups a couple years ago, and I loved it. And so I'm just kind of bringing that alongside just to help me um, dig a little deeper. And I just love it so much, Genesis, because it just gives so much faith to me. I mean, the three times I read it, you know, I just, again, I'm like, I love this book because it just, it shows me as I'm reading it because you just read names like this son had this son and you just kind of, you kind of see the big picture of what God's doing. And I just think for me, I just think I'm just one speck of a human, you know, in this world. Why would God care for me? You know, here he's got generations and generations from Abraham to Jesus um, and it just stirs my faith to think um, first to, to take my eyes off my own little my circumstances and my anxieties mm-hmm. and my life and think I'm a part of something way bigger than myself. And so that's what Genesis has been doing for me this past month. So I'm attempting that. And then, I, of course, I'm reading a lot of books. But in the mornings when I do my devotions, I'm just strictly to this. Great. So, yeah. Great. Sherry? Well, right now I'm um, reading... Um, through the Bible, so I do have a Bible reading plan, but it's not on a year. It's kind of like on my own time, and I like to give certain amounts of time to the books that we're going through at church. So I really um, have been studying Galatians and using that and focusing on that and using my ESV study notes and then going over the messages because I know that the pastors invest so much time in preparing those messages, and I think. God sovereignly put me in this church and placed me here so that I can benefit from their study. And so that's kind of what I really focus on. And then, um, but to start out in the mornings, I'm always using Charles Spurgeon's The Checkbook of the Bank of Faith. I wear out the cover because I'm just so desperate when I wake up in the morning, just like get my cup of coffee and I need a promise from God. And every day, God just meets me in that little study and then I'm able to just kind of push through and get started and other things it's been a real joy for me so that's what I'm working on but I am going to read the book um, studying the Bible supernaturally by uh, John Piper so I've really just begun it but I'm really enjoying that great April Um, I would say I also do a Bible reading plan that is not stringently for one year maybe like three years Mm -hmm. because I like to intersperse other things um, so, and then just this past year, I started doing the Bible study fellowship, um, because somebody had told me that they're studying Romans. And so I had wanted to, to do that again. I hadn't done it since I lived in Ohio several years ago. So, um, so studying Romans, that helps me to kind of just have some guided questions that get me deeper into that book. And then, um, I also um, would like to be, I had started memorizing John 15 a while back, and so my goal is to finish that this year. 
Um, and then I also use Daily Light, which many people may not have heard of, but it's it's just scripture, and it's a morning and evening section. It was written back in the 1700s and uh, or assembled by I think a father and a daughter, um, and it just kind of has just they just choose like a different topic, um, and then just have scripture. I mean, there's there's no people's wisdom about the word. It's just mm-hmm. the word. So sometimes that's the perfect thing to read before I go to bed or something. Um, but yeah, great. Do. Um, what does just practically what does it look like for you to have devotional time in your season of life? So Sherry, what does it look like for you? Well, um, I'm kind. Of, it depends on what's going on in my day. So. A lot of times I can have an extended time, whereas in the past I haven't been able to do that. Um, but because I do have grandkids, I tend to be on call in this season of life, so that can change rather quickly. Um, but I try and get up early and then get as much done as I can in the morning so that you know I uh, am able to uh, have an extended period of time of just being with the Lord, and I trust um, too, just that because I have this um, thing, I have a routine somewhat where I can go through these um, prayers that I've um, put into a voicemail or voice memo, anyway, recording on my headphones so that I can always go through it and um, it helps me learn to memorize scripture and I get, I'm able to um, worship and pray and um, it's just kind of a a great way for me to um, just have fellowship with the Lord and he always meets me and strengthens me so I I don't know that I have a very uh, laid out plan except that I know that I am going to get to that time when I have um, just fellowship with him when I'm praying and where I can worship and go over my scriptures because they're just full of the gospel and that's what I need when I get up in the morning just reminded of what Christ has done for me and not what I have to do for the day, getting things done, but just what he's already done on my behalf. Good. Lillian? Um, well, right now, I get up really early. Um, just because with the kids and taking them to school, I have to get them up no later than 6.30. And so I get up before that to, um, to get that time in. And just right now, just the ages they are and what I'm doing, it's not that it's impossible to have time alone during the day, but it's pretty hard. And even if I were to steal a little time away, it's often I'm distracted or just someone needs me or a phone call or something. And so um, I've just, I've done it all. But right now I'm just getting up early um, and it's really served me and helped me um, cause for me, I just want to be alone when I do my time with the Lord. Cause I just, maybe I'm not smart and I can't think with a lot of things, but I just want to be alone and I want to be in the dark and alone. So I get up really early and turn my little lamp on and I just sit and I just, that's just what I crave. Just that kind of alone time. Cause all day long I'm not alone. Um, but if someone were to ask me that probably a couple years ago, I would it would really um, make me cringe to hear that response. I just think, I can't, it's really hard for me to do that. And so for me to do that now, I mean, it's been a long time of desiring and praying for that. And it's not happened. Now my youngest is three and I can sleep now. 
and I'm not getting up in the middle of the night. And so I can do it, but for years and years I was not able to. Um, but there's grace for that. So I just wanted to insert that, that it's, this is not something I've been doing. It's just been a long time coming. And so that's what I do right now. April, what does it look like for you right now? Well, for over 10 years, I worked as a floor nurse and I had to be at work around 6.15, 6.30. And so, and then I was at work for 12 hour shifts. And so I... It was pretty non-existent other than maybe a little section of daily light before bed or that kind of thing. But that was three days a week, and then I had four days that I could just, you know, get up, maybe exercise with a friend, eat my breakfast, and um, and spend a decent amount of time in the Word. Um, and currently I'm working for nine-hour shifts, and so it's a lot more feasible um, to, to have some quiet time in the morning. But... Typically, my days off are much more relaxed, like just sitting in my chair in the living room and having alone time, you know. Um, but um, yeah, it just varies from day to day whether I'm working. Usually, I get up at five in the morning and get ready for the day and, and go to work and just kind of pray on my way to work. <laughs> God, give me grace for this day. I need you. And I want to respond to people in grace and kindness. So. Um, help, mm-hmm. you know, so, and then, yeah, so it's not, I would not say it's always a daily, a daily thing that I have significant time in the Word, but, so. One thing, uh, when we were talking about this, you had said on those days where you're not working, you spend longer time, so can you kind of describe that idea of just, oh, maybe I do have a little more time on a certain day, how do you spend that time? If that's a successful thing, it usually starts the night before when I've gone to bed at a decent hour and maybe made a list of the things that are priorities for the next day to get done, of the things that need to happen the, re- the next day. And I do so much better if, if I've had exercise, something to eat, and a shower. And then, some, and then that list has been made, so when I'm sitting down in the Word, I don't have to think, of my laundry list of things to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and oh, I need to make that list or else I'm going to forget that this thing needs to be done today. And so just having that list done, having my body and mind, you know, in a place that I can read without as many distractions. Um, and then it's just sweet to be able to sit down and I just, if I have time, I can just like just enjoy being and like my chair looks out into this on this tree I'm on the second floor and so just if the sun's pouring in and it's just it's just a great time to be able to pray and read and I often because my soul is so at rest like I just fall asleep sometimes and then I wake up and read some more and pray and so it's nice when I can have a more solid chunk of time and then Sometimes I read a, you know, a chapter from Knowledge of the Holy or whatever is what I'm doing right now, um, that kind of thing too. So, and then I can start my to-do list and feel like, right. okay, taking care of my body and now my soul, <laughs> I'm ready to start the day. But great. So even just in your answers, we're kind of picking up on this looks different for different people and in different seasons. So one question I had is, as you look back over your life. 
are there things you've done in different seasons that worked out really well? Um, or are there things that you tried that were just like, that did not work? Um, so Sherry, do you, can you think of other ways you've made this work in different seasons of your life? Um, sure. I think um, looking back when I was working full time, I wouldn't have gotten up early but I would have had this really nice conference room at lunchtime and I could just go in there. And it wasn't like it was um, an extended amount of time, but I could have 15 minutes in the middle of the day where I could just draw near the Lord and receive help for my day. And it really helped me. I remember His presence just strengthening me. And then when my kids were young, just listening, I mean, as I would be nursing, I would be listening to the Bible on cassette tape in the middle of the night because just any way that I could just try and draw near and hear his word, living word that I needed. And then um, now, you know, things are so nice that way that headphones and your phone, everything's right there. <laughs> but uh, back in the day, it was a little more difficult. Um, so just get, you know, getting up early. I never, I think the one thing um, really helped is just I, I had tried at one point to work out before devotions. That never works for me. It's just like that's not going to happen. So it's definitely be, being able to get up, have my time with the Lord, and then working out later if that happens. And um, that, was, that was just a lesson I learned. It just didn't serve my soul to make sure I worked out before. So... I'm just glad I learned that lesson. <laughs> yes. Lillian? So <clears throat> I feel like I've done everything, everything you said, you know, um, and I've done a lot of things just because with the with kids, um, some not sleeping through the night, being pregnant, not sleeping, it's just, and even when I was working full time, you know, um, it was just hard to get up early and so I would remember during those times walking in the parking lot to my work reading Valley of Vision I was just trying to just anything I could get and then on my break at lunch I would do that and then in college I would between classes go to a coffee shop with a friend and read the word if I couldn't get up early um, but more recently just with the different seasons of the kids ages and stuff I would listen to a message while I nursed or during a nap time if I'm folding laundry and they're taking a nap, listen to a message, read a little bit. And honestly, if I sit still during those times, I would fall asleep. So to sit and read, I would always fall asleep. So listening to things helped engage my mind. Um, or even I would just write verses on cards and I would put them all over my house, in my purse, in a book, in the kitchen on my mirror so it was just you know by my sink I would just be washing just look and I'm just depositing God's Word in my heart um, or even I would strategically lay little books that are short like little like Valley Vision or little Puritan books or just something that if I'm cooking or I have a moment I would just open it and read a paragraph or a little something so it was just like I would strategically put things around my home that I would know, okay, I'll be here in the kids' room at this time, I can just read a paragraph, or I can look at this verse. Um, and in the car, I would listen to music, worship music. You know, the kids want to listen to their stuff, or the big kids want to listen to the radio. Like, no, we're listening to my worship music because I need this right now. And so just those things I think the Lord used to just hide His Word in my heart continually 
over time if I couldn't sit and just read for an hour, you know, so. Okay, April? I think not to view this stagnantly, you know, to not think that it has to look a, a particular way. Yeah, I think any way that you can, you know, I used to love to just write, like I'd read something and I would write out that particular passage or something and just the actual writing of it, yeah, then I wasn't falling asleep reading it, you know, writing it out and it just became more sweet to me and then I'd, you know, post it beside my mirror in the bathroom or on my refrigerator or um, by the sink in the kitchen or something and so... Um, and then also, in addition to the word, re- you know, listening to messages, it's just like, even if you don't feel like you're absorbing everything, just that this is about forming your worldview and mm-hmm. keeping on this track of who, who you belong to and, you know, in the midst of a world that is, is speaking other than that. And so, um, you know, in high school, I used to be pretty disciplined and very motivated by checking off my list and you know it still brought fruit but you know it was it was more uh burdensome I guess and anxiety producing than than um something that my heart delighted in so um yeah good great um we've sort of touched on this but are are there any other hindrances that that you find to making this consistent and um, how have you sought to battle those? So any particular ones you can think of? Um, For me, I'm not a disciplined person um, by nature. Maybe some people are. And so uh, for me, just being disciplined and also sleep. If I don't, you know, I cannot get enough sleep and that just cycles over and the next night and then I can't get up early. So for me, I need to have a certain amount of sleep. So I will, on my phone set, there's on the app or the, the alarm thing, it'll show me if I go to bed at this time and I wake up at this time, this is how much sleep I get. So I can know, okay, I need to get this amount of sleep to be cognitive and whatever. And so I'll try to know, okay, if I'm getting up here, I need to wake up this time to go to bed at this time. So that helps me to, to not just go to bed and think, oh, I'll just wake up at this time and then I wake up and the day is awful because I didn't get enough sleep. Um, but what I do too, because I think it, what motivates me um, is that I just desperately want to spend time with the Lord. I just need it. So the night before I do a lot of things um, in pursuit to try to be disciplined. So I'll do things like I will set my clothes out the night before what I'm going to wear and like put the shoes I'm going to wear by my bedside. So I get up and literally dress myself by my bed, put my shoes on and then I go, I get completely ready because once I'm done with my quiet time, I've got to hit the floor. I got to get the kids up and we're out the door. And then usually after I drop them off from to school, I'm doing groceries and stuff. So there's no, for me staying in pajamas, I've got to be ready to go. So I get myself completely ready, and then the night before, I will set my coffee timer. I'll even pull the mug out. I'll get my Bible and all stuff, and I'll set it out. And I do that because I just think, um, whatever I can do to shave off two seconds. What can I do to shave off two seconds? Because those two seconds add up to 15 minutes, you know? And so I just, it sounds like I'm a really disciplined person, but I'm not. It sounds really it crazy. It really does. I'm not a disciplined person, but I just think... 
what can I do now? You know, should I place my Bible here? That'll leave me a couple steps less. It sounds crazy, but it's really served me so that when I wake up, it's so early. It's in the five o'clock hour. I'm mindless. I just literally just go and I put my clothes on, go to the coffee pot. It's there. The I pull, you know, I just do it and I walk to my spot and it's all there and I can just start. So there's no, nothing that's going to take away because I really have this time. It's just like, this is it. And it's, when it's gone, it's done. Um, so I do that to help me so that I can make sure I have that time. So Sherry, any hindrances you can think of and ways you've sought to combat them? Many, many, many. <laughs> so, you know, just uh, good grief over 40 years. Just the, um, I think just, just not getting enough sleep, especially when the children are young. And then um, just... The just not so, even in this season of life, not sleeping well, you you can be tempted to just not want to get up because you're like, mm. how in the world will I function on that much sleep? But um, there's just a scripture I always try and think of, and it says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you." And so I've tried to just go, okay, God is going to provide what I need for the rest of the day, one way or another. And um, it, I mean, I think the, uh, the obstacles are real. So the lack of sleep is a real thing, especially for in the young mom season, or if you haven't, you know, you're, you're on a regular schedule where you're having to get up and be at work at a certain time. Um, but I think just o- overcoming obstacles by the grace of God and being really gracious with yourself. So like, um, you know, just not, I think the most important thing is just not feeling guilty when you haven't gotten up because it's not about you accomplishing anything. It's about you receiving what God's providing for you that day, the grace that he's going to pour out in your life. So that's good. Bro? Um, I mean, I think it's easy to feel like, you know, I work full time, I, you know, nobody's at home doing my laundry or cooking my food or planning a good you know meal plan for the week or whatever and so to to have excuses like that of you know that there's just not time and then also I think sometimes when I come to the word I think it's just going to make me feel more guilty because I'm seeing God's holiness and my lack thereof and you know it's just going to make me feel my lack and so I think remembering that, um, like, I'm his daughter. Like, this is a relationship, and yeah, I'm in agreement with that, and I have nothing to offer here, but this is my opportunity to um, know him and know his truth and and to agree with him that I lack, and therefore I'm putting on his righteousness. It's not my own. Um, and so as far as... Um, how to combat that, um, I think to just be faithful in doing it, you know, even when you have weeks at a time where it's, it's very minimal to return and to pursue developing that daily habit and to not feel condemned by that Mm -hmm. because it's not in the doing of it that we receive his righteousness and, um, that's already ours. So, um, just to remember that and to think always coming to the word with a, like, Lord, please keep my heart soft before you because I can't, I can't do that. I'm easily hardened and I need you. So just even being prayerful and approaching the word 
um, to to be able to have faith to believe it and to make it you know real in your life and for it not to be um, this stagnant thing so it's great and we're already going into the next question which is the the temptation to be legalistic so Mm -hmm. I know we all can relate to one degree or another to feeling condemned when we're not consistent or feeling like we've somehow earned God's favor if we are being consistent so um, do you struggle with that and how do you combat that so Sherry any thoughts on combating legalism (laughs) or perfectionism (laughs) Um, well, I think of the scripture in Isaiah 53, verse 6, and it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Mm-hmm. We have everyone turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so just in, in the midst of that, I just want to, you know, when I've, I'm feeling guilty about something I haven't done, I am quick to remind myself of the gospel that really without the gospel, I have no hope and mm-hmm. um I think just being aware of my weakness, I've always just realized what in the world was Christ thinking when he did this in my life. And um, so being aware of my weakness, being really comfortable with the gospel and knowing um, that he's done all this and that he's at work in my life, no matter what my pitiful effort looks like that day, he's the one that's... um, uh, designed this day. He's sovereign over this day. He knows if I had devotions or didn't have devotions. <laughs> he knows if I'm able to um, trust him or if I'm struggling in my faith. And so just trusting, um, I think just, you know, things that I've learned from Jerry Bridges over the years, just always reminding myself of the gospel and that it's good news and it's good news about my relationship with Christ. And that's what I need in the morning and not did I do this? But have I reminded myself of this great relationship that Christ has given me? Very good. Do you ladies add anything? For me, legalism is something I've always struggled with and still continually try to cast off. But um, for me, I found helpful in the recent years is to think on the character of God and who God is. Because legalism for me is, it's inward. It's what am what am I doing? What am I doing to perform? What have ha, have I not done? Um, so when I think about who God is, and April mentioned Knowledge of the Holy, which is a great book. That's a great book to really stew your heart on character, the attributes of God. You start to read about who God is, and then you start to think, who am I? You know, God who is so merciful, so gracious, so compassionate, so sovereign, all these things that He would have even a thought of me even love me you know that stirs my heart and motivate me not to come to the lord because i should or i'm supposed to but because out of love out of gratitude and thankfulness so that will dispel legalism for me and it stirs my faith so i come to the lord with faith and not in fear or with condemnation or those legalistic thoughts so for me um, as my thoughts go through that way, I know, okay, I am being legalistic right now. I need to think on who God is right now. And that just helps me to, to dispel what I think about myself at that moment. And it's very helpful for me. And that's served me a lot. Good. April, would you add anything? I mean, I think just to um, remember Hebrews 12, 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So 
discipline is necessary in that. Um, but I think what's been helpful for me is sometimes just listening to like Tim Keller sermons or there's actually Kathy Keller has a um, sermon Grace for Mules that for some reason some of these things just it makes it about what God has done somehow it stirs my affection so then therefore I have this like it's about the relationship it's about seeking the treasure of Christ you know and then it's not so much about am I doing X, Y, and Z. Um, so sometimes those things help me. Great. So in conclusion, could you share just how you've been blessed? And we've already heard this from you, <laughs> but any additional thoughts about how you've been blessed as you've pursued this? So um, Sherry, will you go first? I mean, you've been doing this the longest. So how have, how have you been blessed as you've pursued this over your 40 years of salvation? <laughs> Uh, how I don't know how can you say I mean you, you, I don't know how to describe how you how I've benefited over just fellowshipping with the Lord and experiencing his love for 40 years you know undeserved love you know that um, I it's just it leaves me speechless a lot of times I'll go I just think what what how did this happen and why would God do this but I there's things I think back in you know when I'm starting out I'm like there's a scripture in Proverbs that says a laborer's appetite works for him. And thinking as, as I started out and things were just really small and there were just days when it was just very pitiful, my attempts to, you know, really enjoy God, um, that, but that he really blessed every effort. And so now all my efforts, I've seen he, how he blesses effort and then how he pours out love on um, even when I'm not making any effort and so I'm just I just think there's just a, a richness to the fact that I'm just very aware that he's done it all and there's just not much that I've contributed and what I've contributed hasn't been helpful <laughs> <laughs> alright April um, I think just I feel better equipped maybe to as false thoughts are coming to be able to to combat those with the truth and I mean they come all the time and we're very unaware sometimes <laughs> what those thoughts are and and so I think the more that that I'm in the word um, that those thoughts are more my thoughts because I'm absorbing his thoughts and I think just we're rich we're rich and and knowing him and wow that his spirit is in us and that he speaks to us through his word you know and then just throughout the day that he's intimately acquainted with our ways and that's amazing you know so um, and then I think he has grown me in wisdom and boldness and spiritual maturity and discernment and that's that's what he has done so I think I'm aware of those things as I interact more with unbelievers and realize like, wow, God, like they don't have anyone, you know, to talk to about these things or any truth to combat their own feelings about these things. So I just realize how rich, how rich I am to know him. So that's excellent. Lillian? Well, I think, um, for me, it's, there's always been a desire and legalism will try to, um, take over that desire and make me feel condemnation. 
But I think over time, um, the Lord, like Sherry was saying, He's the one that moves and He works. And there are times I'll come to the Lord and just kind of don't feel a, a rush of peace or joy, but it might just be a really quiet, um, just, and I just keep on thinking like, just, it's like a slow trickle over time. Sometimes it's a great time and sometimes it's hurried and I'm not focused, but yet it's not really has anything to do with my efforts, but the Lord is over time building a foundation in my heart of faith so that over time I can see when I look back, okay, um, God has built a foundation and it's stronger now. The foundation is faith. I would call it faith. And so with more faith, it propels me forward with more eagerness to pursue him. And I mentioned earlier, I love reading books. I'll just, I'll start books and not finish them because I love books so much. I'll just have stacks of books. I'm like, I want to read that because, you know, they're rich biblical books that inform me of who Christ is. And so I would devour them. Um, but then it's kind of like leaves me wanting more because it's not, it's like propelling me towards Christ, but not giving me Christ. You know, I, I can go to the Word, and it's like I have, he, God gives me Christ in the Word. And so I just think even just um, reading wonderful books have blessed me, but it's always just made me want more. And so as I've come to God's Word, I've just been really, truly blessed to receive God himself in his Word um, but it's just sometimes just over time, it's just a long time, but fruit comes and God bears much fruit from it. And it's just so sweet. Like Sherry was saying, I can't even describe, like I'll just sit here and cry. Can I just sit here and cry for five minutes? Like that's, it is a ladies so discussion. Rich. So yeah, that would be appropriate. Just, um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Great. Well, thank you guys so much. This was so deeply encouraging. And um, I hope that for everyone who's listening, that you are encouraged as you pursue the Lord this year.